Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Righteous Brick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 12.13 p.m. Eastern on November 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Hey, J.L., what happened to the intro music? I thought you only do musicless podcasts for the Patreon. Well, thank you for being a Patreon subscriber and listener, 13 people who just had that thought. But to the rest of you, I had another computer issue for the third time in a row, a third year in a row. Uh, right around the holidays, uh, it's the most awful time of the year. JL's computer is crashing and he is punching walls with making Cookie feel fear. It's the worst fucking time of the year. Hey guys, Christmas carols never too early. Um, so yeah, my computer crashed. Uh, it was Wednesday morning and I got up early. Eh, get up early. I feel like that makes me sound like a go-getter, but it's more like insomnia is doing a lot of the work there. You know, I'm not really, it's like JL gets up at the crack of dawn. Oh, he's just a hard worker. No, he's tormented. So he just can't sleep a lot. So I got up about 5.50, which I said, okay, I've slept like five hours. That's about, that's about as good as we can expect. And I said, okay, let me go send some emails. I'll go hit the gym before work and sat down at my computer, opened up my email, started doing something. And then the computer froze and then it went to like a blue screen and did like its usual protocols and the protocols weren't working. So the computer was dead. Basically it was un unusable. So I said, great. I leave for Michigan tomorrow. I was hoping to, you know, use that downtime uh, to, to read and write many things. I have some sketches I want to write. Uh, I want to make some big adjustments to my pilot script that I wrote right before the pandemic that I read through and still think is fucking hilarious. So I really would like to do something with that, but it's got to be adjusted um, on a couple of fronts, some dealing with the pandemic, others just dealing with contextual things. But okay, so I said, okay, I'll have a lot of time. I'll have train time. I'll have downtime in, in Ann Arbor. Perfect. But not without a computer. So brought my stuff into the geek squad bef uh, during work. And basically, I'm going to include the road recap, which has the rare behind the scenes computer talk in the road recap. But I wrote a a real epic road recap um, for my trip before, during, and after Ann Arbor. So that's up on the blog right now. I'll include a link in the show notes to that. But if you ever like my road recaps, this one uh, absolutely goes down as one of the best, if not the best. And there's a brand new five-minute stand-up clip uh, about my stay at the Red Roof Inn Plus, which was uh, murdering all weekend. And just a little bit of a flex, because it's like, yeah, I wrote this an hour ago before stepping on stage, because I... Until this morning, this afternoon, I was not staying at the Red Roof Inn Plus. So here you go, folks. Here's some comedy genius for hot off the presses. And there'll be another bit um, on Gretchen Whitmer. So so some of the local stuff that, that won't probably make it to any future specials or albums. That's what I try to put up, but not in that bullshit uh, Q&A. Anybody have questions so I can put up a 40-second TikTok? I will... I would rather, I, I will be okay with my, I mean, my coming to cure is dying, but I would be okay killing it if the cost was, jail. all you have to do is modify your ethics and your, your, your stand-up to conform with TikTok algorithms, and you can blow up. And I'd go, nope, not going to do it. That's not how art works. Sorry. Um, I've made it this far as, a, as someone of integrity. Now, so I failed this far on integrity. I won't go back now. <laughs> if selling out is how you end up, then you could have sold out many, many years ago. Um, I could have just been an impressions hack my whole career and probably had uh, much more overall success. 
than I've had in my career. But that's my point. It's I'd rather quit at this point than like be a different, you know, that allow someone else to change my my process of of how I think is the right way to do stand up. But uh, so rather than bore you with a bunch of that stuff, it's all in the road recap. But it's a good one. It's a real good one. So I hope you enjoy it and and be sure to watch and share that Red Roof in Plus stand up clip uh, as well. If you're so inclined, if you if you enjoy funny things and you have friends that also like to laugh, do it. If you if you don't, I then then I totally understand why you're uh, listening to the podcast of a comedian. Anyway, computer crash. Short long story short, computer crashed, and I have to figure out how to fix some stuff on the computer. So all you get now is a basic stripped down Patreon type podcast with no frills and sound effects and music. There were never any sound effects, but the music is gone for now. Um, so, okay. So, um, I'm seeing black Panther tonight. So there should be a review of that on the Patreon, uh, later this week. I'll save that for the Patreon folks. And it's never too, uh, too late to join unless I, uh, you know, delete my Patreon in January. So then it will be too late to join. But, uh, you know, the holidays are coming up. If you want some extra comedy, join JL Max Plus Prime, patreon.com slash J-L-C-A-U-V-I-N. And uh, one of the diehard fans that showed up in Michigan, and there was a very high percentage of good quality fans, like albums on the pot on their iPhone, coming to the show, obviously, Patreon people for either one or both of my Patreons. But um, I'm seeing Black Panther 2 tonight. I'm recording this, obviously, on Monday. And... Um, uh, because we won't be doing making podcasts great again until tomorrow night. Cause uh, Jay is away and, uh, brain fart. Uh, yeah, but, uh, on that Patreon on the making podcast great again, Patreon, if you are a member of that, uh, I will be reviewing as Trump, uh, black Adam till and black Panther Two: Wakanda forever. So that should be a fun and, fairly racist um, bonus episode, bonus movie reviews episode for uh, the Patreon people on Making Podcasts Great Again. So, I was going to talk a little bit about Michigan. I was going to try and avoid all talk about the special. Let's just kind of face facts that uh, I should just pretend like the special doesn't exist because it doesn't and it may never. So we'll just leave it at that. There's your, there's JL's depressing special corner brought to you by the comedy industry, the comedy industry, fucking over JL for 19 years and counting. We're the comedy industry. So uh, what I did read breaking news, though, is trending on Twitter is Pete Davidson is dating Emily Ratajkowski, um, who, let's be honest, beautiful woman, but peaked with blurred lines. OK, I'm going to say it 10 years ago. Blurred lines is already 10 years ago. And I'm starting to think. And here's the thing. I saw some tweet and there's always women who tweet this. They go, all these guys and women, some women too. All these guys, they act all confused that Pete Davidson gets all these beautiful women. But these women have been telling you what they want. They want a guy who treats them nicely and is funny. And from all reports, Pete Davidson is very funny and really nice. Right. That's why every relationship is two to three months, right? Because that's what you do, ladies, when you get the man of your dreams. You hold on to him for nine weeks. <laughs> like it's to me, it's like so clearly publicity and hey, maybe he's he's slanging that good dick and he's he's a fun distraction for these women. But is is it not at some point? Isn't the flip also like if a guy like if it were anybody but Pete Davidson, people would be like uh, warning signs. He's only he's been in 93 relationships over the last four years. But for some reason, Pete Davidson, they're like, oh, it's so cool. He's so cool that he 
he's he he has eight girlfriends every year. At some point, like if a regular dude, here's here's the flip side, ladies. If a regular dude was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a serial monogamist. I've I've dated forty two women in the last five years, all for three months. Would you look and go, wow, he must be really funny and charming and kind. <laughs> No, you'd be like, this guy sounds like a fucking psycho. Who is this person? But with Pete Davidson, there's I, I just I feel like Pete Davidson's dick at this point should be considered a 501c3 charity. And I'm not saying I'm not criticizing his dick. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's a it's a very competent uh, quality piece of meat. But the like the flip side of this is I just find it funny that like women will defend him as a way to like attack skeptical dudes online, but then don't flip it and go. So you'd be in your real life. You'd be totally cool dating a guy who dates seven women a year for exactly you know, nine weeks each. You wouldn't consider that a warning sign. You'd consider that validation of his quality as a man. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> So fucking people are so fucking stupid. It's like it's not it's it's funny, but it's almost not funny anymore. So Emily Ratajkowski, who peaked in the blurred lines video, which is and I don't say that as an insult. That's a great peak. Um, but you know she's now at that. You know her publicist was probably like, you know, you we've we've signed you to the Pete Davidson penis agency. So for a three month contract, you have to fuck Pete Davidson, be seen in public with him, and you'll gain people will start to kind of think of you differently. Like see how Kim Kardashian, when she was only dating athletes and music moguls that are anti Semitic, people viewed her as like some sort of like shallow arm candy. But if you fuck the the like objectively not that attractive son of a of a nine of a deceased nine eleven firefighter. That's like a very fast way to substance. That's great for your brand, Emily, because I'm t right now you're viewed as the super hot chick who was naked in a Robin Thicke video, um, and who's not good at acting, and yet claims that it's your beauty that keeps you from getting more acting roles. But now the brand will be, hey. She's the 38th girlfriend of Pete Davidson in the last six years. Have we been judging her wrong? Is she actually somebody of substance? Because rather than the, it used to be get involved in a charity. That was your way of like the quick way of being like, I'm like, remember when Borat, was it Borat or, or no, it was Bruno where he was like, you know, Darfur is very big, but you ladies want to probably get in on Dar five. <laughs> and it feels like models and stuff could be like, I'm very interested in the Amazon. Um, my foundation is working very strongly to keep trees living. And now it's like, instead of giving away your money, just give away your puss for three weeks. And then people will be like, wow, Pete Davidson's cool. And maybe Emily Ratajkowski has substance. Because I always thought she'd be with like a super handsome like model or mogul. She's with like, you know, Machine Gun Kelly with AIDS, like she's dating him. And that's pretty substantive. That's like she there's like more to her. There's like more to her than just nice tits and nice lips. Like she also like is willing to date guys who are like funny and not conventionally hot, but are publicist PR relate like public relations hot. So that's like, she's like kind of cool now. I, I mean, we should audition her for, for the new Wes Anderson film. <laughs> the fuck out of here. But good for Pete Davidson. Um, I Once again, I have to reiterate, Sean Penn. You know, and I will say this, Pete Davidson, maybe he heard my podcast about um, 
cockabub replacement, the Sean Penn stat, where like Sean Penn, you don't know all the women he's dated. You just know the headlines and they're all top tier. 80s Madonna, 90s Robin Wright, 2000s ScarJo, and 2010s Charlize Theron, in between two Oscars and significant charitable work in on-the-ground charitable work in Haiti. That's an impeccable resume, even though he always looks like he's in pain and doing method, acted for, method acting for a constipation commercial. He's got the, he's, he's the gold standard for, for quality above quantity, whereas Pete Davidson is a very big quantity guy. But I will say, you know, Kim Kardashian, like he's, he's sort of, Sean Penn is like the NBA all-star game. It's just cream of the crop. Whereas Pete Davidson is like the big three all-star game, like the retired players who are past their prime. And I'm this is a 43-year-old man not meaning that, but in terms of pop culture, Kim Kardashian is is on the down slope, even though she looks great. She is. It's she is not her peak anymore. And Emily Ratajkowski is is coming off her her peak. And once again, I say that not as an insult. I'm saying that just like if they were athletes, if beauty were were a sport. And um Pete Davidson's like collecting them for his like veterans league. He's like, were you were you a hot chick or a sex tape star who's still hot but maybe not the it girl anymore? We'll hop on Pete Davidson's dick for three to six weeks, and we'll get you right to the top of the tabloids again. That's what it feels like. So he's like the big three league, like for retired stars to keep playing. Um, so good, good for him, I guess. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, of course, Emily Ratajkowski, great, but um, like I said, uh, the 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 women that always go viral for that tweet of like Pete Davidson treats women right, and he's funny, and that's why he's. De- I would just flip it on them and go, so if if, you, if a guy wanted to go out with you and he had dated nine women a year for the last six years, none for more than three and a half months, you would go, oh, yeah, that's that's a keeper. No, it's a publicity thing. And good for him if, if he likes it. But it's like, I don't know. I would be suspicious of somebody who's never been in a long relationship but is always in these like micro relationships for, you know, I either think it's publicity or super shallow. So like, and that's fine. I'm not, no judgment, no judgment. But like, don't come at me or someone else on Twitter acting like his serial dating of like just past their prime celebrities is like some sort of notch in his belt of being a substantive, solid, grounded person. Anyway, good for him. And good for Emily Ratajkowski. I think this one's the one that'll last, guys. I will eat crow. I'll eat crow if six months from now they're married and expecting uh, a child. More likely is that they break up and she has Nick Cannon's baby. Anyway, Michigan was phenomenal. I will sell, tell one anecdote, which I just thought was funny for podcast listeners of mine especially. But uh, a fan, a longtime fan turned friend uh, who's been very supportive of the comedy, uh, came to the show on Friday with some coworkers. And read the blog for exactly how heroic her actions were throughout the weekend. I don't want to. I don't want to double up on the same stories, but she did bring one of her one of her coworkers that came to the show. I couldn't help but just laugh in my head. If I was to describe the, what this person looked like, I would say, "Well, I know from the laughter we were having, I'm guessing progressive, just based on the." conversations and the laughter throughout the evening could be wrong but i would guess almost certainly left-leaning if i told you a left-leaning italian 
Lauren Bobert was in my presence. What, all jokes aside, what would you think? You'd say, oh, is JL moving to Michigan? Is that what, is that what's happening? So that was one of, I joked with when, 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 when I was talking to my, my friend alone, I just joked and I said, if people who are well-versed in my podcast will laugh at the idea of me sitting next to an Italian progressive Lauren Bobert, they'd be like, oh boy, that sounds like a, like a Pornhub search for JL. But yes, jokes, that was, that's just a joke, guys, but that did, that did happen. Not the search, but just the person. And I thought that was funny, but you can't tell somebody because Lauren Bobert's so toxic like, if you're not a listener of my podcast, and I said, you remind me of Lauren Boebert, somebody would be like, you think I'm a dumb, evil, bigoted piece of shit? Thanks. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't get it. You're not steeped enough in my content to understand that that's actually a very, very high compliment. But um, it was a fun weekend. I think I broke even after all the lift rides and, and, and drinks and, and, and meals I was paying for. I think I broke even, so I guess that's a successful trip to Michigan. Um, but yeah, I was, I went, I went through, you know, my usual emotional turmoil throughout the trip of like gratitude and happiness and meeting some really, really hardcore, great fans, both longtime fans and just very dedicated newer fans. Um, so I, if you're listening to this, I, I, I appreciate you all, uh, especially if I chatted with you. Um, I, I don't bullshit. I don't, I don't really do the fake glad handing very well so um there were there were people who showed up some people drove an hour some people have been asking for me to come to a club and have stuck with me for for years when i wasn't getting booked anywhere around there um i had somebody who saw me perform at a club like 10 years ago who's been following me and had all my albums on their on their ipod or, or iphone so it's a it was it was it was uh, it was great it was great Over, overall great trip but it's it's inevitable that during these trips i just go up and down in terms of my emotions because it's you just you know, you just want your career to be better, and it's just not where I want it to be. And then, of course, when I, when all else fails, I think of the special and get enraged. And I didn't do that too much over this trip. But um, the only thing I have left for you guys this is going to be a short episode because I've got a million things to do on this Monday before I see. Uh, I'm doing a, my book review finally of uh, his name is George Floyd for uh, the Patreon. Once again, just another friendly reminder. There's a lot of good stuff. Either one, if you like the Trump stuff, you should be a member of that Patreon. Uh, if you already are and like my stuff and have some money to spend uh, this this holiday season, join join the JL Max Plus Prime Patreon. Um, one of the diehards who showed up, who's a big time uh, Making Podcast Great Again fan, he, he he promises made, promises kept, if you're listening, because I saw that you signed up as you promised. Um, probably just you didn't want me to call you out. <laughs> you know, one fan in Michigan said, I'm going to join. I haven't seen any new joins. What's up, dude? Are you really a fan? Huh? No, see, that's what I feel like sometimes people are afraid of. But it's good stuff. Like, even if you join my Patreon out of abject fear... You're going to watch the videos and listen to the to the podcast and go, oh, no, I'm happy I did this. Because um, if you are that person, I'm not trying to call anybody out by their name uh, or embarrass anybody. But if you are the person, you know, listening to this, who was, who, who was one of the people who was at the late show on uh, Saturday, um, be sure to scroll down because that's where you get the three Mike Pence gaming videos, the two Mitch McConnell cooking shows, the Andrew Cuomo podcast. Like, so you got to go all the way to back to the beginning. And I've already made like, I don't know, like 50 or 60 posts in six months. So there's a lot of stuff already uh, there for you and for anybody considering joining. But the only thing I got left for you now on this episode 
before I then go work out, bro, and then do a book review, bro, and then um, go have dinner and watch Black Panther 2, bro, is uh, two reviews. Content. I was watching some content on my long train trips. And uh, boy, do I love, I, I do love the travel. I, I know it's, some of it's based in fear of flying, but I really do love getting in like one of those sleeper cars and just kind of looking out the window. There's a lot of beautiful, beautiful scenery in our country. God's tapestry. Um, but first off, I watched the Willie Mays documentary on HBO. I downloaded that. And uh, I'm going to say what I've said repeatedly now about documentaries. If you're not bringing anything new to the table or you're not revealing anything really interesting or compelling about the subject, don't do it. There's way too many documentaries now that just feel like they have the budget of an HBO or Netflix production, but they really amount to something that could have just been on like a kid's program. And I'm not saying it was immature or not, but it felt like it was just like, this is like if my, if I was doing a history, like a, a class in high in a, an elective in high school called history of sports, maybe my teacher would show us the Willie Mays documentary, the say, Hey kid, or whatever the name of it was. I just felt like, yeah, I got what I got out of it was I didn't get a deeper appreciation for how great Willie Mays is. I'm like, yeah, I've always considered him just based on stats and reputation. One of like the five, five to eight greatest baseball players ever, you know, probably higher than that, but it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, same shit. If I, if I'm discounting Barry Bonds because of the roids, it's always going to be like Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, um, you know, maybe Mickey Mantle, uh, Joe DiMaggio, um, modern players, you know, you got to consider like a, like a Mike Trout on the advanced stats, just things like, but you get, you come up with the same sort of names. Um, and Willie Mays is always in that upper tier, that top five, top three conversation, you know, Ted Williams, obviously. So I didn't watch that and get anything new. I was just like, Oh, so you're confirming what I've thought. He's great. Okay. Gotcha. Listen to cookie. Listen to cookie being a jerk. Listen to her being a jerk. I'm about, you know what I bought her yesterday? We had an hour layover at the Albany train station, which I've scheduled. And I know I've been to Albany like 20 times for shows and pit stops. And so I know there's a nice little Dunkin' Donuts, like, like, a, like a six minute walk from the train station. So I just walk there to read my book in a different setting and have a tea and a donut. And uh, I bought her a frozen latte bark box toy. That was benefiting some children's charity that Dunkin' Donuts was selling. And this is how she rewards me. I get her an iced coffee so she can be like her righteous prick mom who likes iced coffee, or as I call it, kids coffee. And this is how she rewards me, by barking over my podcast. This podcast pays the bit. No, it doesn't. This podcast pays nothing. This podcast costs me money every year. But still, it's the principle of the thing, Cookie. Anyway. But the Willie Mays documentary, I would skip it. I, like, I, it's like, it, and of course, and then as I'm watching it, I downloaded it to the tablet, not knowing, and then I'm watching it, and like, it's like produced by LeBron James, and it's produced by like Major League Baseball. So I'm like, oh, we're not going to get anything interesting out of this. And this is like, God, this is just such a trend. I'm telling you once again, the best sports documentary I've seen in a long time, and that stands out, is the Ron Artest documentary on Showtime. And I tell you why. It's the every documentary by a sports thing, Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, they all have their hands on it. So it already kind of devalues these brand conscious, legacy conscious athletes having their hands. So like LeBron James is not a baseball player, but like, is he trying to build relationships for his media companies with, with big brands or big leagues? Could be good business decision, but it makes me, you know, sort of doubt the, the value 
of the product as, as a historical record or as something deeper than just sort of here are the facts and here's some fun highlights, kids. But and then in fact that it's produced by Major League Baseball. Oh, they're really gonna un, they're really gonna reveal some some deep shit about like one of their most storied uh, legends. Not that there is. I'm not saying there is garbage to be talked. And and I found it much more interesting. I would have found more interesting the Willie Mays documentary if it was literally an hour long conversation with 90 year old Willie Mays because he's he's he seems to have some some vision problems, but he seemed to be with it humor wise and his and and speaking voice still very clear. I would have preferred a one hour talk with Willie Mays. I think that would have been more interesting than what they did, which was just a very standard, nothing too interesting. Here's the facts about Willie Mays. Here's how it was, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy. So if you know nothing about Willie Mays, maybe you'll like it. But I think it was just, it was just, and I'm not even saying it was bad. It was like, but to me, a documentary should serve a purpose. And I think we have way too many documentaries that no longer serve a purpose, except for like here, since in case you don't like reading, Here's just a, a, a visual book with the basic facts about this famous person that you probably know half of it already. Enjoy. So I don't recommend it just for those reasons. It's not to say that it's not like well-produced or whatever, but it was just, it felt like a waste of my time. So I also watched four episodes of the show Evil, which is on Paramount Plus. It started on CBS and it's uh, on Paramount Plus now. And each season has gotten better reviews. The first season is 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The second season is 95%. And the third season, which just finished, is 100%. And I've been hearing very good things about that. It's actually like a fairly chilling show. And I think moving it to Paramount Plus after the first season, I think they wanted it to be something of an anchor show because it was like well-received on CBS. So I think they moved it to Paramount Plus to kind of give Paramount Plus a boost. Um. The first four episodes were solid. The fourth episode is what got me a little bit more. It was a little darker than the first three. And I'm guessing the improvement in the ratings reflects maybe taking more chances once it became a purely streaming show and didn't have to conform to network TV. Um, so I'm going to stick with it. And it's from the two. I think it's created by the two people who did The Good Wife and The Good Fight, which I'm about to discuss. Um but Evil, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give it the first season. And then if I like it enough, knowing that the critics seem to be warming up to the later seasons more, I think it'll be worth it'll be worth giving it a, giving it a shot and keeping with it. It's only three seasons. 30, I watched four episodes. It's 36 total episodes for the first three seasons. So, you know, I got 29 episodes to go. That's That'll take me for the rest of November probably. But let's get to the good fight. Recommended by multiple fans. First... Um, Michael, Michael C. from Australia, um, and then seconded during a Patreon chat, uh, Ralph, a big-time Patreon supporter, thank you, and uh, some might even say the biggest supporter I have, okay, platinum status, step up your game, everybody else, especially non-Patreon subscribers. Can we get to 200 Patreon subscribers before the end of the year? I know we can't. I know this is hypothetical because I'm at like 107, so that would mean practically doubling. Um, but, you know, give it a try. Give it, give it a month. Binge the content. I don't know. You might enjoy it. Anyway, last plug. Never going to do that again. This episode. I'll do it next week, but not this episode. Um, but The Good Fight. First season I thought was a little uneven, but overall good. Seasons two, three, and four I thought were excellent. And I was like, good recommendation, Michael C. Thank you. I, I, I am happy watching this show. I think it's, I think they have a great foil in Trump, but it was like, it was just addressing a lot of good issues. It wasn't, it was just, it was a very, very good show. And then after season four, 
um, two of the main characters, including one a very high-profile actor, left the show. And that allowed the creators, I think, to make some some more like, and then Biden got elected. So, so the, the combination of those two factors kind of created a new universe for the show. Now, they went in a very creative direction. So I applaud the attempts at sort of non-conformist, non-cookie-cutter television drama in, in many ways. And there were, there were elements that I liked, but after having finished season six on, the, on my trip, so I'm done, I finished the whole series. Um, I stuck with season six, and I gotta say, sorry, sorry Ralph, and sorry Michael C., um, it just wasn't for me. In the words of Randy Jackson, it's a no from me, dog. Um, overall, I like the show. But, and even season five was goofy, but there were enough things where I was like, okay, they're trying something new, but this, this is kind of ending. So hopefully season six, if it's the last season, they really bring it home. I was un, unhappy with season six, season five and season six. I, I just didn't like, so I'm sorry to, to, I gave, I trusted you guys. And I, I'm overall, if you recommended the good fight to me, you're still in good standing because overall I give the show a thumbs up. But it, it was headed for like, you know, a 3.8 GPA, but because of seasons five and six, it's really more of an overall 3.0. So it misses out on, you know, on a roll. Um, whereas like, you know, it was Dean's List, seasons two, three, and four were Dean's List, but then maybe the good, the good fight got into college and then just drank, you know, like partied and slacked off the rest of the year and like got C's in the final semester, which, which, which ruined its chance at, at, Phi Beta Crappa or whatever, but overall a good show for sure. But on average, it dips because I really didn't like season five, and I actually liked season six even a little bit less. Um, I wish they could have retained the two cast members that I, I two of my favorite cast members, if not my two favorite cast members, were the two that left after season four: the 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 young female attorney and Delroy Lindo. Um, I'm not spoiling any plot points. I mean, they do leave the show, but it's, it's, you know, you can leave a show under any number of, of circumstances. So that's the only spoiler I guess I've given you, but those two were probably my favorite storylines and characters. And so they had to fill in and they, you know, they added Mandy Patinkin in season five, who's a big time actor and uh, was good, but it just, it just, it was, it just missed for me. It, 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 it was not, it was not the same show, and I think uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but it was significantly worse, in my opinion, those last two seasons. So, that's it, guys. Um, that's it. Short episode. No music intro, no music outro. But check out the Patreon, please. Read up on the blog, watch and share the Red Roof In clip uh, that's within the blog or on my YouTube. Um, check out making podcasts great again if you don't. Um, and yes, of course, Syracuse, New York. If I have any listeners in, in upstate New York, Syracuse, New York with Pete Dominic on November 23rd. It's a big show for me. The more people that show up, the more I pe get paid. So, um, you know, I hate to make it mercenary like that, but you know, if 10 people show up, I lose money. If a hundred people show up, it's a good day. If 200 people show up, uh, you know, I'm king of Syracuse for the night. So, that's it. Other shows are up on my uh, up on my website. I continue to try to pester clubs. I'm doing my round of emails this week for all the clubs nationally and hoping a few more say yes, say yes to the mess. That's my reality show. But um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, yeah, like I said, there'll be a bonus episode later this week. There'll be a, there'll be Patreon content on on both of my Patreons. Trump reviewing the aforementioned movies, and then I'll be discussing some stuff and Black Panther two on my Patreon later this week. Um, but other than that, um, it's cameo season. The cameo orders are starting to come in. So if you want a birthday message or a Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Thanksgiving message to relatives that you may not be able to see. Uh, there's no better gift in my opinion. And, uh, you know, 1800 people can't be wrong. So, uh, get on that, but that's enough fucking plugging. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will see you next Tuesday.